Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I am Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. How are you, Robert? I'm feeling energised. Okay, good. That's a good feeling. Why is that? Well, I am so inspired by today's guest because mm. I love the fact that one of his missions in his work for the past few years has been to document the good that people are doing around him. And he also wants to celebrate those sort of people within his community and also further afield around the world. Um, he wants to celebrate people who are sort of creating spaces and making opportunities for others. And um, particularly in the climate room right now, I feel like pulling together like that and helping your local community and each other is mm -hmm. become more important than ever before. Um, mm -hmm. It always was important, but I feel like right now it's even more urgent. I'm just so excited that we're able to speak to him during this quarantine special series because it mm -hmm. feels so apt and so perfect. And I also just love his paintings. I think they're so inspiring and totally. uplifting. And yes, um, I'm I'm a big fan. Yes. Yeah. Well, you introduced me to him. So. Uh huh. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, yeah. So we would like to welcome to Talk Art all the way from Ghana, Amoako Boafo. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I'm happy to join you guys. Uh, it's lovely to be on this talk show. Lovely. Oh, thank you. Thank you. We find you in Ghana right now and you're in Accra, are you? Yes, I am. And that's where your family are based? That's where you're from? Yes, yes, that's right. And you uh, you have a studio there, do you? I have a, I'm sharing a studio with a friend, but I'm also working on getting my, my studio space here in Accra. Cool. And how, how long have you been? Because you have, you have a studio in Accra and then you also have a studio in Vienna. Is that right? Well, everywhere that I travel to, I try to maintain a studio space there. So yes, I have a small studio space here in Accra. And I have a studio space in Vienna. Oh, wow. And also when I travel to either, uh, I don't know, LA or New York or Miami, I also manage to get a studio space to work there. That's amazing. Yeah. So, th so that's great to give yourself a basin everywhere you go around the world. That's uh, uh, a brilliant uh, comfort, right? Yeah, well, I try to always manage to get, like, I mean, I, I don't want to go to places where it's more like, you know, going for holiday. I like to, you know, if it's possible to, to be able to work and relax at the same time. So I always make it my mission to have spaces where I go to be able to work and to relax at the same time. Amazing. I um I recently saw your work in Miami and I went to the opening of the Rubel family collection in their new museum and you yep. had a whole space which was just incredible. So were those works that I saw actually made in Miami then? Yeah, I, I did it there. They have, I, I think they have like a residence for every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so cool. every year they have one artist in residence that they give like a whole room I mean, they invite the artists. It, I think every artist and how much time they need to produce, so they, they give space based on what the artists need. Right. And then what they produce is what they show. And they always have a room dedicated to the artists. And, uh, well, I happen to be the artist for the year that time. And I also happen to be the artist where they were moving from a collection to a museum. Yeah. So wow. it, was a good, it was a good year for me. Amazing. How did that <laughs> come about yeah. then? How did you get an association with the Rebels? Well, it was a lot of work in luck. And I mean, I had few people that were... Cause so first of all, um, Bennett, the owner for Robert Project, was the one who introduced me first time to the mm -hmm. Rebels. That's, that's your gallerist, I, isn't it, in Los Angeles? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think I had gone there for uh, Danny Fest, the Carbon Show. Uh, it's also an artist residency 
And then I also happened to be there for the poncho, which Nina Shina Abne uh, organized with Jeffrey Deitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and cool. that was the that was the first time I, I was introduced to the rebels. Interesting. Then the conversation started from there. And what was it? And what did it feel like then for that to get the call saying that they wanted to make you their artist in residency when they made the Rebel Museum? Well, I mean, at that time things were happening, but you know, it wasn't like I was taking over the art market, uh, like yeah. a black person taking over the art market. But things were happening, and they also saw the uh, potential in me, and you know, they wanted to also support. So, so you just talk about the art market. Is that something now that you uh, have to consider? Um, whereas before, m- maybe even like a year and a half ago, two years ago, when you you were making work that wasn't maybe a massive consideration. But now there's a lot of attention on you. Uh, well, I always say that whatever happens, I open because I always paint just for me, and mm-hmm. it happens that people also enjoy what I like very much and. Yeah. Yeah. So, so You'll whatever happens. Either way. Really, yeah. Whatever yeah, happens. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So if we go back, you used to sell um, your paintings. From what I read, you used to you, you used to work as a, a pool bearer. Was one of your first jobs, and then yeah. in your spare time when I was studying, when you st- and, and then you then were able to sell your paintings in hotel lobbies. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. And then what? How long was you doing that for? How long was you uh, a, a pool bearer? And how how long was you making portraits of people uh, in? Well, I studied for four years and throughout this time I did pot bearing for four years after my studies that's when I well I mean I was home for like two years because mm-hmm. it had to get into the art market from Ghana point of view people don't really see it as something that they should invest first of all I mean you know financially it's not there so people as much as people enjoy the images or the paintings that you make they, they still cannot you know, uh, uh, buy or, or invest in it. So, right. uh, and again, most most of us didn't really have the space to show what we were doing. So mm-hmm. the only spaces that were available will be hotel lobbies mm-hmm. or a few other offshore spaces like, I don't know, Alliance Francais had like a, an event where they always invite maybe a month or every three months artists to come show something. Also, I think uh, Gute Institute has something like this. But then those spaces always had like a long queue. So you have to be old enough or you have to be in the art industry for a very long time to have access to those spaces. So right. me coming out from Asking Fresh, I, I just didn't have, you know, I didn't stand a chance. So, well, I kept doing what I was doing because I enjoyed painting, even though it wasn't paying off. And then one time I just had a call from, I think it was by then, I will tell you when I remember. <laughs> then they okay. called me, they they had one artist, they, they had one artist that was supposed to show, but I think his paintings were not ready back then. And so they just asked me if I have paintings. And, you know, I think I had, like, three paintings in total. Uh-huh. And they were like, you know, the hotel lobby is big, so you have to fill, like, the whole space. So we were talking about 25 to 30 paintings. Wow. Wow. And I had, like, I don't know, two to three weeks to prepare. And I was like, yeah, I have paintings. So no <laughs> you so had to take the opportunity. Like, you created yeah, that many paintings in two weeks? I did. I mean, I, I was painting day and night. I mean, wow. it's, 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 I enjoyed painting. It wasn't pain. And then you have the opportunity to paint, to put it somewhere. Yeah. Um, I didn't know I was going to, you know, sell, but I also wanted to prove to my mom or like, first of all, show that, you know, I can do something with it. Even though it's not pain, pain, I mm-hmm. still need to show that, you know, if I do this, this is where I'm going. I just needed to show something. So yeah. I just did it. And I I have like a month to show in the hotel lobby, which I really didn't sell anything. <laughs> you didn't? You didn't sell anything? I, did, I didn't sell anything. 
Yeah, but what an amazing well, opportunity because I guess you had that deadline which gave you, you know, a lot of pressure to then suddenly have to produce all these works. And also yeah. it's putting yourself in the public sphere where, you know, like you yeah. said, your mum would see it and your friends and, you know, fellow students and all those things would, yeah. would actually get to see, see your work. see a show. Work. You've created a show. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, even if it was a very rushed um, process to make the exhibition. Yeah, I mean... I I kind of know what I wanted to do. It's just that, you know, I I just needed the reason to do it. And yeah. then, you know, I had a call, so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. I was also just doing it for myself. It wasn't, I mean, as much as it was to show my mom, because, mm-hmm. you know, every now and then she'll be like, you need to get a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. What, is she, what, does she feel like, what does she feel like now then? How is your mom reacting to your success now? She's happy. Uh, she's not so used to the art world. She doesn't know much about the art world. Um, I also think sometimes she kind of have questions why anyone will spend that amount of money to buy painting, you know? She has, yeah. she has that uh, question like, okay, so how much are you selling now? And then I'll be like, before I'll tell her like I'm selling for $5,000, she'll be like, okay, that's a lot of money if you convert from dollar to city. And mm-hmm. then I said, well, I'm around 45000 She was like, no way. And then I told her, like, well, now if you want to buy a painting, you have to spend between, uh, you know, from there to probably $200,000. And she was like, how much is, is that in cities? I was like, I'm not going to convert. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> if I share those things, I mean, she's happy about what's happening. But yeah. also, you know, yeah, she just needed to understand or she needs a bit more time or maybe just, you know, just explain things to her where I'm heading. Yeah. How is yeah, it for yeah. you, though? How have you made it in your head? Like, it must feel very uh, rapid uh, ascent into success. Does it? Are you scared of everything? Are you feeling, like, anxious or are you... Like you sound, you're obviously very driven and you're, you're obviously incredibly talented and you said you're going to well, paint whatever, but how was this making you feel? Well, I've had moments where I was like, okay, so this is happening and what will happen if it's not happening anymore? So I had I had this conversation with my professor. We went to the Venice Biennale and we were talking, Kessie Mikola, my professor. Mm-hmm. And then I told her, like, there's a lot happening, this and this is happening. But, you know, I just, you know, I needed time to enjoy the whole thing, but I really don't have the time and I feel like I have to, you know, take every opportunity that comes in. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, these things doesn't happen to, you know, everyone. And so if it happens to you, just grab it and enjoy it. If it's just for a year, then you had a good, like you had a good one year run with your career and that's it. And right. I was like, okay. Well, so I, I took that in. And then another thing was that me personally, I always paint for myself. So if if you know, you will know that there are so many paintings that I kept for myself. So I'm a bit stingy with my painting. So mm-hmm. whatever happens, I know the works I do are for me and, you know, people happen to enjoy it. So, you know, whatever hap- happening at the moment, I'm enjoying it. And I'm trying to also make way for other artists to also rise up, benefit, bene- yeah. benefit from it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, benefit, give other people opportunities. Exposure you know, create, through... Yeah, yeah, exposure, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you co-founded a, an organisation called We Day, which is, is kind of organised in order to help other artists, no? Well, that was the first thing I did with my partner in Vienna. Yeah. When I arrived in Vienna, also because of the challenges and, you know even asking for spaces in cafe, people tell you no. And I was like, I didn't come all the way from Ghana to even show in a cafe for someone to tell me no. So yeah. how do we go about that to, you know, first of all, help myself, not always say no to, plus also help the community that they have a space where they can, uh, you know, come share their experiences, have spaces they can show, more like a community space. Uh, but now I don't do much there as my partner does. So they are, they are the ones that are doing most of the work. Okay, sure. 
but yeah, it but still I'm exists. there. I'm, I'm, yeah. It still exists. Yeah, I'm there every now and then, but they they are doing most of the work now. And what what took you from from Ghana to Vienna? Like why Vienna? Um, so whenever I say Austria, people say Australia, right? <laughs> I didn't know about Austria, Vienna until I met my <laughs> partner, and so I moved there because of her. I I had nothing to do. I always wanted to go to English speaking country. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So that's how I got to Vienna. Because you're part of someone there. And you discovered the art scene there, which is quite vibrant, right? It's really important. Um, when I arrived, I didn't have so much of the art world. Uh-huh. Things were, you know, quite kept in. You have to know someone to know someone that will get you somewhere. And uh-huh. also, as a black person, you have to understand, like, he cannot really get anywhere. So it was also one reason why I decided to go study again. That's why I applied for the university because mm-hmm. I thought that would be a way to get into the art scene and also to make friends and see how the art world actually works. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's the yeah. Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's right. right. And then in 2017, you won uh, the jury prize for the Academy of Fine Arts, right? Which is a big art prize, the Walter uh, Koshowski Kunst Prize. Yeah. So the Academy has few art prizes that you know all the students can participate, and that was one of it. And it's also connected to the Albertina Museum, which is also a really, really great one. So yeah, yeah 2017, I won the uh, jury prize, which. Uh, says that they have to, or, I mean, they are allowed to buy the painting that you kind of, you know, entered into the competition with, and mm-hmm. those paintings goes to the Abetina. So it was a, it was a good way for me to get into the art scene. In, and you in were Austria. then acquired by an institution in in That's Austria. Right. That's right. Yeah. So that's cool. incredible. Did you grow up with art, Amoako? Oh. What what's the art scene like in Ghana? Um. <laughs> if if you compare with sports, I would say art is nowhere close. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not something... Okay, so I think it's a privileged thing. You have to either be in a private school that mm-hmm. you... It's, then it's part of the, um, the teachings that, you know... Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But I went to a government school and it's not part of it. So for me, it was something that I did from you know, growing up. Uh, we would just have our pencils and paper and we'll try to copy a cartoon or something. Mm-hmm. That's how it started. So uh, up until going to the Academy of Fine Arts, you were self-taught and you went, you went to the Academy of Fine Arts when you were how old? Like 30, was you? No, no, no. I studied in Ghana before going to... Uh, oh, okay. Uh, to right, Vienna. right, right. Yeah. I studied what for was, four years in Ghana. What was that like? What was the art school there like? Uh, it's very, very precise. Uh, you are not, you don't have that much freedom like I have in Vienna. It's very precise. They teach you how to paint the eyes, the nose, the lips. You have to follow. It's like order. They teach you how to paint the orange. You put it there. You have to paint the orange to look like orange. So, right. yeah, it's like that. But then I got to Vienna. In Vienna, you have all the freedom to do whatever you want to do. Like, you, it's, you can experiment. You can explore you can do anything and so like you know being in ghana having teachers that you know tells you what you have to do and then coming to vienna and then they say we are not going to teach you or tell you what to do you have to just do something and then at the end of the month or the semester you have to present something it was a bit tough because i always you know follow instructions but all of a sudden i have to do what i want to do or you know so it was a bit tough from the beginning and then at some point, I started losing up a bit. Mm-hmm. And then I started, like, you know, uh, checking which artists are there and why they managed to, like, you know, stand out. Because mm-hmm. I know there are thousands of artists every time. And every time, there's always one or two that managed to really stand out. So I wanted to see what, you know, made them stand out. So that's, that's how it started. Who are your um, inspirations art-wise? Who do you look at that, or that you've discovered that you're like, that's someone that I love and it's given me uh, momentum? Well, I mean, 
I never traveled anywhere. I didn't have so much art history in Ghana. So, I mean, Vienna was my first uh, space where I, when I moved from Ghana, where I went to. So everything that I learned from the art world was from Vienna. So, I mean, Vienna, they always, you know, like to show what they have. So I had Egon Schiele, I had Klimt, and then I had uh, Lasnik. And oh, yeah. then, Maria Lasnik, yeah. Maria, yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I, I mean, everybody adore Klimt, but then I didn't want something more decorative. I want something very loosey because in Ghana I could paint like Klimt. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. I wanted right. something loosey, something more authentic. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started like you know enjoying, or I started like you know looking a lot at uh, Schiller's work. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoy Kerry uh, James Masha. I had mm-hmm. come to Vienna New and then I went to Session to see uh, his exhibition. So I also enjoyed Kerry um, James Masha's work and I was looking at it a lot. But, you know, you are in Vienna and you see everywhere Chile. So you cannot really escape. Yeah, and um, I found it really interesting that you kind of ended up moving away from traditional kind of methods of painting. So like, you know, painting with paintbrushes to actually using your hands. And didn't you actually sculpt at one point in your childhood or something when you were growing up? Yeah, I yeah, yeah. You were a sculptor. I mean, in, in Ghana, we, we were taught everything from drawing to painting to sculpting to uh, tying, dye, batik. They, they teach you everything. And mm-hmm. then you have to decide what you really, really want to get into. That's where, like, wow. you know, you stick. So you have, you have everything. So, like, you know, sculpting. So I had everything. And so I moved away from the brush because it didn't give me what I wanted. It only made me... So let's just say I know I can paint anything that is placed in front of me with the brush. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I wanted to be able to paint without a brush to see what I can do. And that's how, you know, I got into the finger painting. And the finger painting you use, which is mainly for the skin of, for people that don't know your work, you are, uh, figurative is is your, is your vibe. You are doing portraits, there's self portraits that you've created, but you also do portraits of lots of people that are very close to you and a lot of people that inspire you in your life. And it's a, a celebration of black life is what you are then creating on canvas and on paper. So how did you come to deciding that the figure was something that you wanted to make your main uh, theme of your work? Well, I like expressions, uh, facial expressions. I like uh, the the eyes, the nose, the lips, like the things you see, like the way people, you know, twist or, you know, side eye and then the, the things, like just the face and the messages you get from it. So that was my interest point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, just the human figure, human body is interesting for me. Um, I learned landscape and, and still life and all those things, but it doesn't get me like portraiture. I really loved your um your 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 confidence because I I feel like uh, I've I've heard you describe things like Egon Schiele and how you felt like you could kind of do that yourself and he's such an amazing painter. But I love that sense of confidence you have and then the way that you're trying to like push what you do to be something new. So it's not just you know repeating what's what's happened before and sort of taking painting to a new place, which I think you're definitely succeeding with. Is that, is well, that something you. You, you kind of want to do? Yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. I, I don't want to repeat. I don't want to be in someone else's shadow. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to have my own language. But again, you know, they say there's nothing new. So people will always connect you to something. But I'm happy because Sheila is a great artist. Oh my God. Yeah, that's what a great connection to have in our history to yeah. be compared to him. Yeah. It's amazing. So and then and so the the finger painting. So that came from you from sculpting, and that's also become for people that know your work is that you, when it comes to the the 
the body and the background that's done with a paintbrush and then when it comes to the skin it's done from your fingers that's right right right, right. and that, that style was very much uh, become like your thing well i mean i didn't just get up one day and say okay this is my style like finger painting it mm-hmm. also happened because uh the things that a friend of mine uh they they are called sketches on duality uh mm-hmm. thing a couple of years back they they had uh, uh music and then they wanted to do like a a video and then they asked me if i would like to do a painting in the video so i will make a painting based on the music mm-hmm. and i was like sure I, I mean i haven't done anything like that before so for me it was also a challenge to see what i can create during that time so they came to the studio i set up my you know canvas whatever and then they were like yeah let's just roll for a moment i was like oh but i used to paint with the brush back then and then i was like i really don't want to share with the world how i paint with the brush so i told them like hey i would just try something and you know when the camera is off i would then paint with the brush and then you come video the finishing part Mm-hmm. And they were like, okay, that's cool. So I did a sketch and then, you know, I just put my hands in the paint and then I started moving. And then when they left, I was like, well, I mean, it looked flat. There were no tones, but it looked cool. Mm-hmm. And that's where I started like building ideas, how to like, you know, create tones in it, how to make it look like a, like a person. Mm-hmm. And so I, I built up from that part. I mean, I went back to brush, you know, because the brush was more comfortable. I know how to handle it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I came back again with the, with the finger painting because, I mean, I know how I felt doing the finger painting. And then I know how I feel when I do the brush. And, you know, it felt really good. Even though I didn't know how to handle, even though I didn't have the, the control, it felt really good and free. And so I went back for it again. Why didn't you want people to see the you doing the brush strokes? Why didn't you want people to see you painting? Um, I don't know. I think there's there's this one there's something with artists that they don't want to really share the way they do things. I mean, it's it's part of being creative, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I as much as they share <clears throat> out there how simple things look, but there are still small small things that they really hide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's your, your tricks. Your, your tricks. Yeah. tricks. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, want yeah. To, I want to keep my tricks to myself. I love that. And there's there's something about the, the finger painting for me, which really captures the character and the kind of essence of the person. And there, there seems to be a kind of vitality through that that um, developed skill in a way of like, you know, painting in, 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 in that way. Is it, is, it, is it something that you feel very, it's, it's very vital and very kind of like entertaining and fun? Because it feels also quite joyous. Performative in some so, ways, yeah. Well, what I normally or always say is that with the finger painting, first of all, I do not have control. Second, mm. it, it gives me the expression and the feeling, like everything that I will not get from painting. Like as much as I would try with the brush, to, you know, to get all the expression, get everything right, I will not get the same thing with just, you know, painting with my finger. It's mm. just right. like, you know... For me, of course, I would think of it in the way of sculpting. But again, it's like, you know, it's just you you have paint and you have this surface and you're trying to create something. You don't really know where it's going, but you still enjoy it. How important is fashion to you? Because a lot of your paintings, they all, the clothing is very Ooh. important and it seems like it's like a, a major drive. I love your yeah. prints. <laughs> I I I'm I will not say I'm so much into fashion, but I love clothes and I love colors. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can't pick any character, and I will like you know I would, yeah, I will clothe the the character the way I want. I mean, I I recently had a meeting. I will not say who, but mm-hmm. they they gave a comment like that. We love the fact that you dress like the characters you paint. So again, I just don't paint the painting and dress differently, but you know, I embody my work. 
Yeah. So you you often wear floral shirts, don't you? And uh, you, as do some well, of your we characters. Should have, we should have met face to face and you see you see me. I mean, yeah. I, will soon be, I will soon come to London at some point. Yes. I mean, awesome. you know, yeah. That's what we can't wait to meet you in London. I mean, once we get through this, how has this time that we're currently in with this lockdown and everything, how has it affected your work? Has it changed your work at all? And how easy is it to get to the studio? Well, it hasn't. It's been, a, I mean, everybody have to, you know, um, obey and follow the rule and so that, you know, the lockdown will be taken away. So I don't really go to the studio as much as I would like to. Mm-hmm. But I have uh, uh, made a decision that I probably... So in Vienna, I have like a small studio at my apartment where I paint before going to the studio. And I think I want to do the same. So I will create a small studio at my place where I will paint every morning when I wake up. So I don't... Even if I don't manage to go to the studio because now, now I, I don't have the chance to go to the studio. So uh, I will create that's more studio in the apartment so I can start painting. When was the last time you yeah. made a painting? When was the last time you were working? Oh, I think three days ago. Okay, right. Yeah. And so you, and at home now, you're going to be able to then set up again. And do you think it's going to change the style at all in the climate? Because you have sitters, models, don't you? Um. Well, people normally ask where I get my inspiration from. I yeah. use the internet a lot. So mostly on IG. I mean, I'm I'm... I don't use any other um, platform apart from IG, even though mm-hmm. I'm everywhere. But mm-hmm. I think IG is where I am mostly, I mean, not to chat, but just look at people and what they're doing. So that's where I have most of my inspiration and most of my characters. And don't you, um, don't you often talk to your, um, the, the subjects in your paintings a lot as well to try and get an idea of who they are, but also take photographs of them? When I have the chance to make photos, I do. Uh, when yeah. I have the chance to, you know, get them to come sit for me in the studio, which doesn't happen that often, I also do. But then it's easy with IG because people tend to be free and share the things that they feel much more comfortable with. And that's yeah. where I take it from. And then I talk to them and then I ask, like, you know, if 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 they like to share, then I ask more. But that's where I get most of my images from. Someone that you painted, which is uh, a few times, which is someone that me and Rob love, is uh, Thelma Golden, who is an incredible yes. subject. I mean, how did that come museum. about? And from the Studio Museum in, in Harlem, in, in the States, how did that come about? And has that then set up a, a relationship between you guys? Because I see that you follow each other on Instagram. and Well, we do follow each other on Instagram. Um, well, she's not a friend. I'm not a friend. But I admire what she's doing. Yeah. I I was in New York. Again, I don't really know when. But that was the first time I went to New York or US in general. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I need to see Studio Museum Island because I wanted to um, apply for the artist in residency. So I needed to check it. Mm-hmm. And it was a rainy day. And I, I saw her. We only said hi. And that was it. And then when I came back to Vienna, I was like, ah, I need to make a portrait of her, which I did. And, she, and she's seen it, right? She's seen them. Yeah, she's seen it. But I mean, I, I sold it. Not to her. So not to her. <laughs> right, right. Her. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe one day it will come back into a into an exhibition of yours and then she can see it. But it was but, sold to a good friend of hers. So I oh, mean, okay, at some point, maybe. Yeah. yeah, what, yeah. What was that meeting like to be part of the residency there? Was that quite an intense process? No, to be part of the artist residency. Yeah. Well, it's it's an intense process. Uh, you have to. Well, they don't really demand so much, but you have to know it's a very international artist residency. It's like they only award three artists for a whole year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a certain amount of money that you get, and so yeah, there. Are, thousands of people applying every year mm-hmm. so it, it's really tough to get in so are you waiting to hear at the moment no i have no i did not apply for it oh you did oh okay right right, right. no i didn't i didn't not yet would you no, still not yet. i don't know i feel like i i wouldn't want to take someone else's you know chance or space mm-hmm. you know right, right. now yeah. i think i'm i'm at a 
a, a place where I don't need so much um, publicity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, because you kind of have a really big platform now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have I have the platform that I can say whatever I want to say, and people will hear. And so I wouldn't want to take someone else's space. Maybe yeah, they might right. need it more than I, I will. Yeah. But who knows? Yeah, Maybe yeah. I will still I still will uh, apply for it because it's it's not just the money or whatever. But I think it's a really amazing space that I would like to go through because there are so many artists that have gone through that I really admire what they are doing yes. and I was yes, totally you'd yeah. like to be part yeah. of that lineage of people yeah. absolutely yeah, exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So can we talk a bit about your titles of your paintings because, and also your exhibitions? Because I really loved the title Detoxing Masculinity. And I know that okay. masculinity is a kind of big theme in your work. That's right. Kind um, of a re- readdressing of masculinity, actually. <laughs> yeah. So that was 2018. I, I did the uh, Detoxing Masculinity and then I did Body Politics, which then came into one. It was also something that I been trying to do because um for most people when they see oh, I would just speak for myself. So I happen to be a black guy who back then happened to have a bit of muscles and I happen to be a bit soft and people when I ask if I was gay and I'll be like is, is there really um, a way that you should look or what you wear that, you know, identifies you or your your uh, gender? And so I started thinking about it. And, you know, people will often connect, like, masculinity with being aggressive. So if you're a bit soft and, and if you tend to not wear the color blue, but, you know, choose to wear pink. And so I started dealing with it just to show like, you know, I can be soft and still be masculine. I can wear pink and still be this, you know, I don't have to always fall into what the society says. So I started doing that series. Yeah, because it's so kind of narrow, isn't it? This idea that like, if you wear the color pink, you can't be heterosexual or you must be homosexual or, you know, it's just, it's just so unfree in a way. And it's such a... It's just rules, the society's rules of what... Yeah, Yeah, I I just didn't want to give into it. Like, I want to be able to wear whatever I want to wear. I want to be Mm -hmm. able to be as soft as I want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. I just want to be me and free i just don't want to give into the society idea of what is what no and also i think it's really important to think about this uh being sensitive um or you know having an interior world because i think often uh, masculinity especially if it's if it's that sort of aggressive version of masculinity can lead to kind of mental health issues or you know what i mean like people not being able to talk about their feelings and i think we all should be free to be ourselves and and say how we feel you know that's right. That's right. And, you know, being masculine means you have to be always strong. That's bad. Yeah, exactly. Because no one is just one thing. <laughs> Was that quite risky then? Like being that um, bold, I guess, is the word to use when you were well, growing well, yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was it was a bit easy to deal with that topic and to do the paintings and show in Vienna the first time. And mm-hmm. then I think I showed it again in the US and I had I really had a really good feedback. 
Then mm-hmm. I decided, okay, I will bring it to Ghana to see. It really, <laughs> it sparked really interesting conversation in Ghana, and I, I would say I was happy that I'm, I'm, I'm happy that I brought it to Ghana. Yeah. Yes, brilliant. You know, people had really interesting questions, and there were really some questions that it just didn't make sense. But you know, they still wanted to uh, ask because they want to. You know, I, I even had one guy that asked, like, what has Ghanaian, or like, what has a Ghanaian guy got to do with flowers, for example? You know, wow. if mm-hmm. yeah, for them, like, you know, having like flowers, they cannot really associate themselves with flowers. Like, it has to be something feminine, yeah. you know? So me as a masculine guy having flowers, for them, it's like, you, you know, you cannot be fragile if you're masculine, you know? Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to be strong. So, it yeah, no, really, every, you're confusing it, people with your. It's exactly. so brilliant. Whatever it's so brilliant that your 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 art is like engendering these conversations and, and allowing a space for conversation to happen. And that's actually how you bring about social change. Really, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's a really great yeah. great thing you're, that it's creating that discussion. You're changing representation. Yeah, you are. Yeah. Uh, has, someone has to you know start that initiative. You know. So what I love about your paintings is the way that. Every time I see a work of yours, I always, it's kind of cryptic and I always try and find where you've signed it because you always sign the front of your works and they always end up in a little rectangle with Amoeco Boafo King. And sometimes you can't see it. Sometimes they're quite clear and other times they're not there, but you know they're always there. So it's kind of like I find a Where's Wally on the painting where it is. (laughs) I love that about it. Why do you use the word King in, in, and why do you sign them on the front and why is that important to you? Well, Kin is a translation of one of my names. So my name is Nanaya Amwakumpuafo. <clears throat> and Nana means Kin. So I translate the Nana to Kin. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we always used to say, or I used to say that I want to be able to do, do paintings where I don't even have to sign for people to know my work. Yeah. You know, I, I honestly didn't know I was going to get there anytime soon. And when it happened, I was like, okay, now I need to try to hide the signature because I don't want the signature, you know, taking up all the space, like, mm-hmm. you know. So I was trying. I, I remember I had to go to New York to resign a painting. But in my head, I know the, paint, the, the paintings have been signed already. So I went to New York and then <clears throat> when I got there, you know, we were looking for the signature. I was like, I can't find it. And then I took a pencil and the same place I was going to sign, there the signature was. <gasps> yeah. So, I mean, I, when I find a nice place to hide, I hide. But sometimes, you know, you just don't have a hiding space and then you just sign it anywhere. So in your earlier <laughs> paintings, is, is your signature a lot bigger? Like clearer? No, it's it's it's. Well, it changed over time. Mm-hmm. It didn't used to be the box, but it's always a makubuafu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where does the box come from? Is that a, is that an Egon Shile way of signing, or is that? A... I know. I wondered that too because I, I I thought about the way that Egon Shile made his signature, and it was also like that kind of thing. Well, I think I saw a signature how he did it. But I don't really recollect him doing the box thing. And then mm-hmm. when it happened, you know, people referred and then I checked and it was there. And I was mm-hmm. like, but I'm, I'm, you know, you just don't borrow. You just take it. You still, right? That's what artists do. <laughs> <laughs> that's what artists do. What yeah, does, that's what we do. What does, um, well, who else have you stolen from then? So Egon Ashili you've stolen from. and Yeah, I you... mean, I've stolen from everyone that, you know, that I, I adore, like Chile, um, uh, Maria Lasnik, I've stole mm-hmm. from Kerrigan's Marsha to mm-hmm. everyone that I adore. Like, I would just not borrow something and try to, no, I'll take it and I will make it into my own. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, is it, what is it about yeah. Maria Lasnik's work that you like? Uh, she has this rawness of it, like her paintings, you can see, you can trace all the colors if she put like if she took red and yellow together you you trace all the colors and it's the same you know thing with uh shire that i like you know you can all like the rawness of it mm-hmm. you know 
yeah, they they don't really try to make to you like to get like uh, a clean or like you know the fleshy color, but then mm-hmm. they put the colors there, like the way they feel. That's how they paint it, and that's what I like about it. What does success feel like to you, Amarco? What is success to you? Uh, success for me is trying to. For me, it's more. It, it shows more about the people around you. You know how you will manage to impact their lives. That's for me, success. And how, do you think you have so far? Like you're saying about your mum and that. Do you feel like you've had impact on your peers and your your friends? And well, I think I have. I'm trying. Yeah. But I also think that um, you know. I, I, I don't have to be what the one saying, oh, I've done this or I've done my best, but I think I will leave it for the world to decide if I have done much of, um, yeah, if I have impact uh, with with what I, with my success, if I have, yeah. So yeah, that yeah. I will, I will uh, wait for people to decide that. And what do you feel but about, I'm, how, I'm, how, I'm doing my best. How attached are you to your paintings as well? How, how do you feel about, collectors in general but how do you feel about people acquiring your work and living with your work and it leaving your studio because you said you held a lot back well you having two of my paintings you should know yes well it's amazing but how does it feel for you like letting (laughs) them go into the world um i know i cannot keep everything um i always say if i now probably i will still sell Mm -hmm. um but you know the thing is that I have to give with the intention that I'm also supporting someone. So, for example, I give to the gallery because I know it helps them maintain their structure, the people they work with. You know, it's like, it's a, it's a cycle. You have to give for them to be able to also support others. Um, I also sell because I needed for example to because i have an artist residency which is in pipeline that i'm trying to do a space that will uh you know give back to the community it will give the younger artists uh a space to experiment and and you know you know explore their full potential so Mm -hmm. i'll also sell a painting because i know it for me my paintings are my currency and i'll have to give it if i know i'm happy i will have to do something good in return so for the artist residency, I know I'll have to sell some of our paintings to be able to give to the young ones to and to that. help. Yeah, exactly. So, so great, I mean, as much as I'm stingy, I know I'll have to <laughs> let go some of my works. But that doesn't sound like it. That sounds like someone who's really looking to see what they can do in the position you're in to make changes, which is what Rob was saying at the beginning, is that you not many people, in artists in your position would probably think about that at this stage, you know? They would be just about career-minded and trying to craft their own space. That's right. I mean, if if the government was doing it, I think I might just focus on my career, but, you know, his, the government's not doing it, so we as an artist have to, you know, start, and maybe the government will join. But for now, mm-hmm. we just have to do our best, and I want to try as much as possible to have a space where people like artists can also see that there's a future like this you know what they are doing is not just in vain yeah and also i think i think by helping others you know have their own success will also inspire you because you'll you'll be having conversations and being inspired by their uh, their work as well so it's kind of a That's thing right. that helps everybody you know if we help others then it actually ends up helping the individual too you know it's like a a wonderful thing that grows i saw really wonderful photographs of your studio and i noticed a few objects in the studio one was a bass guitar so i obviously figured that music was obviously a big part of your life but also um i saw wallpaper or wrapping paper with the prints um like ah. patterned kind of prints and i'm obsessed yeah. with floral shirts and prints and especially mm-hmm. uh wallpaper i really like wallpapers um and i was wondering uh how that sort of came to be that 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 sort of interest because I, I heard that you when you make your paintings you actually transfer and rub like yeah. the print element onto the canvas and that's so a recent that's thing right. isn't it yeah. that's a recent development yeah 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 so people know the uh 
the flat colors, like you know the the block uh, colors. That's what mm-hmm. people yeah. know. Um, I so I I I do that because I don't want like the background or anything else to complement or to to distract the face because I want things that complement the the characters that I paint. So you have all the the action happening on the face or the you know, whatever like the body and then you have the attentions the on the colors. face yeah yes and then the attention is on the face and then you have the background the flat colors complementing the face now i wanted a bit more you know something a bit more colorful some patterns that also doesn't take but also complement and then well i mean again i i just went to the art shop i was just running around and then i saw the print and i was like oh i can try this because I had tried maybe six years ago to do the transfer technique, but mm-hmm. it didn't work as I wanted to. So I saw this print and then I came back to try. I remember I was in the studio with a friend of mine and he was like, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm trying this. I was like, ah, nah. I was like, well, give me 24 hours. When you come back tomorrow, let's all decide. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I finished. The next day, I was like, wow, okay. And then that was it. And I was like, okay. Um, well, at the art shop, I, they didn't have so many uh, prints to choose from. So I had to always like, you know, <clears throat> move around to see which shops I can, you know, get from. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the transfer technique I tried a few years back. And then, you know, I implemented it again. And now it's working. And it plays more into the fashion (laughs) thing, doesn't it? I mean, a lot of, I guess that's why uh, fashion labels are showing attention to your work as well, because it's quite a nice way to show fabric, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it works very well for them. And, you know, I'm happy that uh, it gets that, it gets their attention. Amazing. Do you have, do you have a dream like museum or gallery space you'd ever want to show in? Yeah. Um, I actually, um, I've had the opportunity to show in a few other museums. Mm-hmm. Well, I cannot really share because it's not really, um, it's not done deal yet. It's just, mm-hmm. We're still talking about it, so I cannot share that. But there are a few museums that are responding uh, probably from next year going, I'll have quite a lot of major museum shows. Oh, That's great. amazing. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. Can we talk about something then, like the elephant in the room, is that a lot of people would come to your work recently because of uh, Miami Basel and the Rubel show and there was a lot of attention on you and then there was one of your works that came up in auction and the price that was made was incredible and for an emerging young artist. What what, what did that feel like and what is the story with that painting and how do you feel about that and how is your galleries dealing with that? Um... So, what well, the painting was part of the punch show that um, Nina Shina Abney organized yeah. with Jeffrey Dive. So, uh, my gallery in Los Angeles, which is Robert Project, which is Bennett, uh, consigned their work to Jeffrey and, well, they sold it to uh, Stefan. Uh, All right. When their work, you know, got to auction, what well, they try to take it out because it was a bit new and it was six months painting. It's not even a year that I was still wet, whatever, whatever. But we all thought, or I thought, I mean, I knew my price back then was 45000 So, and I also know the demand was so high that, you know, people would definitely, you know, because they, they, they wanted painting. So I thought like, yeah, probably two to 50, maximum 300 it would mm-hmm. go for. Mm-hmm. And so I was following a bit the auction and then well I think at some point I slept off and then when I woke up they said did you see the price I was like what price the auction price and then when they said I was like ah nah it's a joke he said no check and then when I checked I was like god damn it that's a lot of money it's mm-hmm. crazy yeah but what does that feel like then? How do how do you in your head? How do you like think about everything now? 
for a moment i was shocked for mm. because i mean i was shocked for that amount of money mm-hmm. uh, but i also understand the the negativity around it or the pressure that it brings because first of all um there are quite a number of people that has the work and also it felt unfair because then the price will change and there are people that will not be able to have access to the works anymore mm-hmm. but also you know people will try to then resell put to auction like mm-hmm. you know oh, yeah. it really brought a lot a lot of of um um what's the word i guess pressure and kind of negative yeah. energy yeah. in a way exactly <laughs> Yeah. So what did your yeah. galleries do? Well, how have your galleries approached it with you and have they had to have conversations with you and what are they doing now to maintain that the market doesn't become like a flipping market for the work? Well, what they have decided to do is try to feed the primary market so people don't really participate in the secondary market but also not chase the auction prices because that's just, it's just out. Like, Really, yes, that amount yeah. is just yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's just irresponsible if you because you, you you can't really match those prices either because it's just no 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 no. It's crazy. it's it, it, I think that's the 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 point where if you run after the auction, you just go up and you drop like a uh, like a potato, right? Uh, mm. like, how how do they say hot, like hot potato? Uh, no. Drop like a hot yeah. potato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I wouldn't want to go up. And then down. No, I want right. to have a steady rise. So, yeah, exactly. are you angry that um, are you angry that it was sold in some ways? Is there any part of you that's like frustrated that it's happened so soon, even though it's an amazing well, price? Well, but well, I think he wouldn't sell the painting if I had agreed to work with him. But then again, I do understand because it's 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 also you know when you make certain decisions, there's a consequence that you have to face. So I decided not to work with him and. Me not working with him means he will only get one painting, and if he sits on one painting, it doesn't really do him any good. So he will just sell and then move on. That's what he did. So, in a way, he it worked for him, which is okay. Can I ask you something quickly? Um, I love that you paint on paper, and Russell has a really incredible painting in London um, of yours, which is on paper, and I. I, I think that also adds to the kind of uniqueness of what you're doing. And I know you do also paint on canvas, but do you yeah. have a preference for painting on paper or canvas? Or um, It was also one thing that I have been trying to decide because, uh, you know, people have this idea that, you know, works on canvas is much more valuable than works on paper. <laughs> right, and yeah. so, yeah, and so I wanted to be like, you know, yeah, I wanted to see that but the thing is that you know when i work on paper i get something different from working on canvas and i couldn't really like choose one that's why i got stuck to both surfaces interesting so you don't see one less than the other they all feel like they're part of the same language it's the same so again i have that's what i have actually made with the gallery like if if it's this it so they're selling based on size and not the surface. I mean, of course, yeah. most yeah. people would want to go for the canvas because of the stretching and not framing because when it's bigger, when you frame, it's more expensive. Mm-hmm. But if it's canvas, you can only just put a shadow box and that's it. So, oh. yeah, I think that's Although the, that's quite the mercenary. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's quite mean-spirited in a way. I think people yes. should just buy the work they love, not, um, not, not the price of the frame. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I was stood uh, in front well, of your you... painting just now in my, in my house, and I've noticed mm-hmm. that when we were talking about the skin, and I've noticed that going through the skin, you have so many other colours, which on, from a distance you don't really consider. But when you go up close, there's like a lot of blue you use in the skin. And that's, I mean, I, I found that completely beautiful, how, how you create the tonal, the, the tones you've used. Yeah, there's a luminosity, isn't there? Yeah. Within the well, I, I, I try to reduce, because, I mean, Painting with brush, you have so many colors at, at your disposal and then you play with it. But what well, I try to reduce the colors, but then manage to get everything that I want. So 
just to say that you know i want people to be able to trace the colors that i use in making the painting you know like if i if i took blue if i took brown whatever colors that i play with you should be able to trace them love that so i i know that you've been very supportive of other artists yourself but um you've been helped um by a number of artists along your journey um, in the art world. And is it true that Kahinda Wiley, the painter, introduced you to your gallery in LA, Robert's Projects? Well, I always say he's the one that brought me all the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) pressure. (laughs) Right. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, he did. So he he was a fan of yours. How did that come about? How How did he get to know your work? Yeah. Okay, I think two years ago, I was in Ghana when I first uh, received uh, a message on Instagram that he's interested in some of my paintings, if I have something available. Mm-hmm. And then I put a few of my images together, sent it to him, and that's how it started. Uh, he bought a few paintings. Oh, and nice. me, I, I thought that was it. I mean, having another artist, you know, established artist, like show interest in your work, it made me feel like I'm not, I'm doing something good, you know? Yeah. And so I, I didn't expect anything else. And yeah, after a while, I just received an email. Uh, two of his galleries, actually, one in LA and one in London. Uh, so so they just wrote me saying, Kehinde, you know, uh, show them or, you know, told them to reach out because of my work, da, da, da. I send them images. And they all like you know responded really nice, and then Bennett like followed up, uh, and then gave me a show. Awesome! And that wow. was it. So, what about it's a London so gallery wonderful. then? Is that something you're looking for? Um, well, I was supposed to come to London for a meeting, but then of course you know virus and everything, so mm-hmm. everything is a bit standstill. But it will still happen though. <laughs> it will still happen. It happen at, I mean, at the end of the crisis. I, I, I want to have a show in London. That's the thing. So it will happen. Yeah, great. Yeah, and what about what about um, your gallery in Chicago? Because I saw a really beautiful um, booth of yours. I think at Fiac in Paris, um, yeah. with a different gallery, uh, Marianne Ibrahim, Ibrahim Gallery. No, Marianne Ibrahim. Yeah, Chicago. So I did Paris Fiac with her, and I did Miami Bazaar with her. Um, we're planning a show in June this year. Oh, cool. um, hopefully, hopefully the virus thing will be over. Um, yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, in Chicago. Amazing. Have you been there yet? No, nope, not yet. Oh, uh, cool! I love Chicago. It's a great city. Amazing. So anyway, we ask every guest that comes on uh, some very important questions. The first one is: If you could do an imaginary art heist, you could steal any work of art in the world, whatever it is, any scale, any size. You could have it all to yourself. What would it be, and why? Uh, oh, this is the tough one mm-hmm. because there are so <laughs> many paintings I would like to steal for myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from Lynette to uh, Kerry James Marshall to Sheila. Uh, no, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot tell. I cannot. So you, I cannot choose you like her. Lynette's work as well, Lynette Yadam Boachi. Oh, I, I, I adore her work. So again, I I will not be able to tell which work I was still for myself because mm-hmm. oh well, that's a good that's no. a good um a good uh, trio <laughs> yeah it's like the holy trinity that's a, ni- that's a nice hat trick yeah what what was the first museum you ever went to or when you saw work that really changed everything uh, that would be Albertina right so not until you got to Vienna yeah I have not I mean I've been painting in Ghana but. You know, it, it's still, it's sad and still sad because uh, we don't really have art museums, or, you know. So, yeah. Just be honest, we don't day. have museum, But maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one day there'll be an Amoraco Barafo museum. You could like, yes. um, a foundation. You your own museum, yeah. Yes. <laughs> definitely one day there's going to be one. That would yeah. be so cool. We will definitely come if that happens. Yeah. Um, you should. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and the other question we ask is, what is your favorite color? My favorite color? I mean, I've got shades of pink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
but pink definitely pink but i mean i mean i have to be precise as to which pink which i don't have that in head but definitely pink and pink softer, features softer a lot pink in your rather work, than they it? yeah it does yeah you, you pink. know you know did you see the exhibition at uh, salon daman in, in in berlin no. there's this guy with the pink suit with the pink hat Oh, yes, yes, yes. I yes. know the painting. Yes. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That kind of pink. You know, I, I like that kind of pink. And then I also had a, I wore a pink suit for artist exhibition. I also love that pink. So, yeah, I'm in the pink shades. Awesome. We're going to find that and post it on our Instagram feed. <laughs> sure. We've also got one more question we're asking people. Have you discovered uh, a hidden lockdown talent? Something that you've discovered you never could do before, but since we've been in quarantine, you've now worked out you can. <laughs> I'm a very bad dancer. Uh, I mean, that's what I thought, you know. Yeah. But because of the lockdown, I've been practicing, you know. Yeah. And it really? happens that I, I have talent. Love. I've got talent. <laughs> so I was so dancing. I will start showing few on Instagram soon. I've got talent. Yes. yes. What yes. sort of dancing though? What sort? Well, I mean. So when I'm painting, it's different because painting is is a different mood, and I have to like you know be in the flow. But when it comes to dancing, I like Afrobeat. Mm. I mean, I I grew up, mm. so that that's where I'm aiming. And so I like Afrobeat. I also uh, high life music. High so, life, yeah, high life music. There's this actually. There's this one music that I've been practicing with. It's called Sobolo. It's uh, uh-huh. it's from. <laughs> Ah, what's his name? It's from this artist, um, Stoneboy. Mm-hmm. Stoneboy, yeah. Cool. It, it actually is high life music, and then he re, you know, redid it in, into Afro Afro beat. Yeah, so that's one music that I've been practicing with. Sobolo. Oh, I that's cannot very cool. wait to see. So, these so you're a really great dancer now. We love that. And do you also play bass guitar then? Well. So back in Vienna, I have a studio uh, studio mate called uh, Priya, and he's a really good with instrument. And I told oh. him I want to learn an instrument, so he's been teaching me a bit. Really, that's so cool! Amazing. On that note, thank you Amazing. so much for coming on Talkar yeah. and Marco Boyfriend. Oh, thank you, thank, thank, you, so thank you for having me. Of thank course, you. Of course, such a treat. What's next for you? What's going on next? There's just a lot. No, there's just a lot happening, but it's not 100%, so I cannot share. But in the June show, it's 100%, so my nurse is the June show. Okay, and then we're waiting for some uh, updates. Yeah, when when there's something, I'll share. Well, thank you so much, and hopefully we all get to hang out very soon, because this this has been a wonderful way to spend our hour, but I would love to actually meet you in person. Thank um, you, thank you. Yeah. And uh, we will be back very soon. And we're going to post images of all the artworks we've discussed today, um, including some of my favourite, which are from a series called Black Diaspora, which I love. Yes. So, so good. Um, Which I think stemmed from when you first went to Vienna. So, yeah, we will share some of those images. And um, we'll be back very soon. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamant and Russell Tovey. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in this episode. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.